0: Hey, top news listeners, this is Luke Garrett.
1: And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day.
0: If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe.
1: It's Thursday, July 14th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is The DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Your child's favorite teacher may not be there when she returns from summer break. Our area is hemorrhaging educators. Hundreds have turned in their notice that they won't be teaching in the fall, and many are in the middle of their careers. WTOP's Scott Gelman has been covering this and has a comprehensive look at what teachers are saying and what schools are doing to fill their classrooms.
0: There were nearly 900 teachers who resigned from Fairfax County Public Schools in the year 2022.
1: Luke is off today. Thanks for joining us, I'm Megan Cloherty. If we've learned anything from the pandemic, it's just how hard teachers work. And it seems that school systems are finally seeing the result of all that stress as teachers who've reached a breaking point are leaving the profession, many of them who are mid-career. WTOP Scott Gelman has been working on this story for months and writes our weekly School Zone feature, which covers education trends and topics across the DMV. Scott's joining us now on Zoom. Thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for having me, as always.
1: Um, so the timing of their departure is sort of interesting to me. It's not just right after the pandemic. It seems many of these teachers who are leaving really stuck with the kids through virtual learning and when they return to the classroom. So what are teachers saying about why they're leaving now, Scott?
0: So it's funny because it's a culmination, I think, of things that we have spoken about before on this podcast that we have reported on, on the radio and online. And and the first thing is the comeback from virtual learning, right? We're talking about months and months uh, of virtual learning behind a screen that the pandemic prompted, which was uh, difficult everywhere, really, not just in the D.C. region, but across the country. And so that was sort of talking point A. Point B comes in the most recent school year. So the 2021-22 school year was the first school year during which students were back in the classroom full-time after those months of virtual learning. And the teachers that I spoke to in several jurisdictions have really described a change in student behavior, Hmm. right? So we're talking about uh, a lack of focus, students struggling to pay attention. We're talking about uh, one teacher described to me Uh, even if the students were allowed to have their cell phones on the desk during an assignment or a test, that they still feel the need to check their screen and see what's going on.
1: They would completely lose it. It's as if they didn't even know how to function without it. Even something as simple as we're taking a test, you can keep your cell phone on you. Just keep it on the desk so you can see it. Just flip it upside down. And like, they'd almost get like twitchy, not being able to see their cell phone screen
2: for, you know, we're
1: talking five, ten minutes. And I think, you know, if any of us have kids in our lives, a lot of parents have seen that too, where you spend so much time on your screen, there is a little bit of an addiction there, and they're seeing that translate into the classroom.
0: Right, and there are some teachers who I spoke to who have also reported that they've been cursed at, right? That students have been uh, misbehaving during lunch and breakfast duty as teachers have been monitoring the hallway. Kids were
3: out of school for so long, so there was not the same type of structure. So you're having... deal with much more like behavior issues, um, but different behavior issues than were before because now it's people, you know, kids, they don't even know how to really act at school. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, when you think about it,
0: big picture and not just in the D.C. region, but probably this holds true nationally. First, the problems that were caused by virtual learning then some of the challenges that have been a result of students returning back into the classroom. And so all of these things, which we've talked about and reported on really since the pandemic began, has led to this burnout. And so teachers are either leaving entirely and switching careers or looking for different opportunities, or they're just taking a year off. There was one teacher in D.C. who explained to me that, you know, after this year, she could not do it anymore anymore.
1: And hopefully I'll be able to get back to teaching. Education is my passion. I see myself as a lifetime, a lifelong educator. But yeah, I I just had to get out of there. It was starting to be too much
0: perhaps sometime in the coming year or years will return to the classroom in some capacity, but did not have the urge to do so after the pandemic, after virtual learning, after students are distracted. And it just be- seems like it's become an increasingly difficult time to-, to be a teacher, not just in the D.C. region, but really in the country.
1: Um, is there any way to quantify, Scott, how many teachers were losing in our region? I know you had to do a Freedom of Information Act to try and get some of this information, but um, your article on WTOP.com really. I mean, it's pretty surprising, I guess, when you just see the amount, just the numbers.
0: Right, so to do the best apples to apples comparison that we can, I would look at the two largest school systems in Maryland and in Virginia. So in Virginia, which as you said, we obtained via a Freedom of Information Act request, we got data from the last five years, not school years, but just five years in general. And so there were nearly 900 teachers who resigned from Fairfax County public schools in the year 2022. And that's only counting for the, the January until present portion. That's nearly 200 more than 2021. When you compare the data when it comes to pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, um, it was fours and 500s and 600s before the pandemic. And so mm. you see that dramatic increase. And it's actually a really interesting a school board member in Fairfax County Carl Frisch said at a work session earlier this week, he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, it's really a hard sales pitch to recruit teachers, right? He said, it just is, you're going to come into this scene where students are distracted by their cell phones, they're thinking about a million other things. And, oh, you might get some respect, but you might not. And, oh, the pay is going to be good, but it might not be great. Right. And so he said, we really need to change the pitch around what it's like to become a teacher in general.
1: And get creative, but, right? I mean, they're going to have to kind of think of outside-of-the-box ideas because –
0: They have to. Yeah, part you of your reporting said, like, there's
1: not a lot of people signing up to do this to start with. Not a lot of um, younger teachers coming into the, into the ranks, basically.
0: Exactly. And the, the pipeline is a big problem. So that's what's going on in Fairfax. In Montgomery County, Maryland, which is the largest school system in Maryland, the numbers are still up, but they've remained the same in terms of teacher resignation and retirement over the last five years. So the data they provided us came in the form of fiscal years, and it was uh, about four and 500 range of of teachers who have retired or resigned. But the interesting thing there is a, a spokesman for Montgomery County Schools told us, that of about 400 teacher vacancies that they have currently, nearly a third of those are for special education teachers. And one uh, theory for that that was explained to me being that teachers wanna go in and get their feet wet before working in those uh, special ed environments.
1: They're just not that comfortable going right into special ed because they wanna build those skills. That seems to be a big issue with our newer educators choosing special ed versus a general ed position. But um, special educators are, I mean, they're unique and, and we need them.
0: So those are the, the that's the best uh, one-on-one comparison I think we can make in the DC region. Uh, in DC in general, between January and, and June, data they gave us in 2021 was just more, uh, just over 250 teachers who left. You're now looking at over 300 given the data that uh, that was given to us from January to, to June of this year. So It varies by region dramatically, but the common theme being that numbers are up. And as you were just talking about a second ago, there are not nearly as many teachers going into teaching that are needed to fill some of these vacancies.
1: And you spoke with teachers across the region. Did any of them say where they're going? I mean, obviously, you know, you mentioned the teacher earlier who said, hey, I just need a break. But um, you would imagine if they're going to private or charter, you'd still have those same behavioral kind of screen time issues. Um, do they suggest, you know, hey, I just need a break from the profession, or are they just taking a year off? Or I, I don't know. What are, they, what are they saying? They're doing?
3: It's a it's a little bit of a mixed bag. People have found other jobs. People have actually some people didn't don't even have another job. They just know they can't do this again. Just that it was too much. It was too stressful. It was too mentally challenging for them. Especially if you were a new teacher. Um, I it, I don't know how anybody could survive. And so we
0: were putting this together and talking a little bit about some of the challenges with recruitment. All of these jurisdictions are competing against each other. So, you know, Fairfax might be in Virginia might be particularly proud of the amount that it's paying for its teachers. But Montgomery also has to compete with that because everything is so close together in the D.C. region. And this is not a problem that is exclusive to teaching. Right. We see this with bus drivers in Anne Arundel County in Maryland. Every day, there are a list on Facebook of bus routes that don't have drivers. So this is a a very uh, alarming trend uh, in reporting this story. I actually spoke to a couple of teachers who were in other career environments before becoming a teacher, really wanting to get in the classroom, make that impact and develop relationships with students. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the DC region in general, it's not like one jurisdiction is truly much, much different in terms of losing or gaining teachers than others. It is uh, quite a similar pattern emerging just that after the pandemic, after virtual learning, and after all of the challenges and, and the way that certain things, library books and uh, divisive concepts and, and things that have been become political that were not previously political, um, it's just a trend that is preventing students from pursuing careers in education and preventing longtime teachers from having a desire to stick around.
1: We were talking earlier about how, you know, kids have, have had a little bit of a harder time, but gosh, if there's anybody who's patient, it's a teacher, right? So did any of them talk about their own mental health and not saying, you know, I want to get out because of the kids, but maybe I just want to get out because it's just been really, really hard.
0: Yeah, and and that's the thing, is the environment and the climate. I, I mean, you know, one explicitly
3: said it's really hard to be a teacher. With all the stress and, um, worrying about your own self while also having to worry about, you know, having all these kids masked and keeping them masked and hand sanitizing them. And so it was just a lot to worry about.
0: And let's just be incredibly clear, right? It was hard before the pandemic, right? Yeah. You have students who, you know, you they're bringing whatever's going on in their uh, personal lives, good or bad, positive or a challenge into the classroom. And then you're tasked with, regardless of those circumstances, to teach those students something that day. And so this was hard before the pandemic, getting students
3: to focus. We would have staff out or staff not hired, and I would have to go and like cover a class like on a minute's notice, you know, and it would be a random class that I had nothing prepared for. Um, So just like the mental stress of that.
0: And so, you know, people are burnt out, they're exhausted. And they're either looking for other opportunities or, you know, if they're in a fortunate enough position to do so, or just taking a step to the sideline for a moment, and and perhaps if things get better, we'll go ahead and, and return to the education field in the future.
1: It's sad because I feel like some of the best of us are teachers, right? And a lot of times, at least in my family, I was the oldest and I got a great teacher. And then all of my siblings wanted that teacher coming up, you know. So I feel like that's going to happen to families across our area where you have some great teachers who won't be able to teach your younger kids because they just of the circumstances they're going to get out. But are all of them burnouts or I mean, is that the main reason and there are other reasons?
0: So I would say one thing that was interesting and this came from Montgomery County officials in the recruitment office explained to us that there are several reasons that folks cite leaving teaching and it wasn't just exclusive to this year, it really included several years and so those reasons include things ranging from relocation right the pandemic has made it possible to do jobs from places that we weren't able to do jobs before. Uh, looking for a new professional challenge, things like, of course, pay. And so there are several different factors, but I think the point that that you just made is a a particularly important one, which is at the end of the day, teachers are are kind of inspiring the next generation. And so it's a challenge because there are fewer kids who are going to college to become teachers. Um, I, I spoke to the dean of Howard University School of Education as part of this reporting, and she said most teachers... Who or or prospective teachers say that they get into teaching because of an influential teacher that they had. And, you know, I can tell you a a big reason that I pursued a career in journalism was because of my high school newspaper teacher, right? He had no background in print, no background in journalism, but the (laughs) way he challenged me and exposed me and asked really good questions drove me to want to pursue this. And so that's the trend is that all it takes is one really good teacher to be able to make a difference and perhaps inspire and craft the next generation of teachers. And I think that is really the the bottom line of what's going to be going on in the next few years is whether this trend gets better or worse is really going to depend on the next generation of young people saying, hey, I want to go and be able to make a difference in someone's life. And I think teaching is the best way to be able to do that.
1: WTP Scott Gelman, who also writes our school zone feature every week and knows his stuff. We really appreciate you joining us today, Scott, because this is, Scott, talk about an important issue. If you didn't have to homeschool your kid over the pandemic, consider yourself <laughs> lucky because everybody knows how difficult that was.
0: No, I, exactly. And I appreciate you having me on and I do wonder uh I've been thinking about Luke here, getting ready to drive that stick shift car. I look forward to uh, (laughs) hearing how that's going to go when he comes back to join you here in a few days. I know.
1: You and me both. Scott, thanks very much.
0: All right. Thanks, Megan.
1: After the break, the return of the DMV Dates segment with a surprise guest. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602. Changing lives.
0: Thanks for listening to the DMV download. If you like the podcast, head to our show page, give us a rating and leave a review.
1: We read all of them and use the suggestions to improve the show that we're so proud of. It also helps other listeners find this, our region's only local daily news podcast.
0: Thanks for making us a part of your day.
1: Okay. And before we go, we're going to return to our DMV download dates segment that Luke and I started last week. We said it was going to be weekly, so we have to deliver for you guys. And here are the criteria. It has to be an experience that is somehow involves food, not necessarily expensive, but you do have to share the cost. And then there has to be a fun fact that is included in this. And so joining me today is a special guest, Rosie Hughes, our intern, who, by the way, got a job at WTOP, so I can no longer call you intern like in a day. But congratulations. Thank you. And you're here to tell us all about the date that you're thinking about. Yes.
2: Okay. okay. So I'm realizing now that you've listed the criteria that I have left out the economic factor. I did not research my prices, but I can guarantee that they are cheap. So. Oh, good. Okay. Here's the date. Um, it's Sunday morning. Birds are chirping. The sun is shining. It's a cool 77 degrees outside. Ooh. Um, You meet your date in Tacoma Park at Donut Run, which is the best donut shop in D.C. (laughs) slash the DMV area. I am willing to fight people on this. You get two donuts to go. What is that going to be? Like $8 total for two donuts? Yeah. You walk about eight to nine minutes over to the Tacoma Park Farmer's Market up on Laurel Avenue. Um, they've closed the street over there. It's adorable. You get some vegetables, you get some fruit. It's a great way to talk to your date about, you know, what they like to cook. Pick yeah. Up some flowers. I got a hat there last summer. And then you end at Tacoma Beverage Company, which I'm obsessed with. Ooh. They've got the streetery out on Laurel. It's adorable. You can get a beer. You can get wine if if you're out late enough, or you can just have a lovely latte, espresso, whatever you like. That's my ideal date. And my fun fact. Ooh. Fun fact. I was reading the Tacoma Park, Maryland Wikipedia page in preparation <laughs> for this conversation. I love it. And get this. Tacoma Park, Maryland was the first U.S. city to extend voting rights to people aged 16 and 17. And they can vote in city elections. And it's also a nuclear-free zone. <laughs> <laughs> By the
1: way, date, over your coffee. This is a nuclear-free zone. I
2: just feel like there are so many ways to get to know someone through talking about donuts Fruits and vegetables, <laughs> coffee, and nuclear war. Like- a Sunday morning date, <laughs> exactly. So, Megan, what's what's your? I like it. Oh my god, I'm on the spot idea. now.
1: I don't really have one. Okay, I have to say this was a good first date. Um, top of the Watergate Hotel. I mean, come on. Although Beautiful. the one thing about it is, it is not cheap, because of course they're going to charge you an arm and a leg for like a glass of wine up there. But just the views are insane. Um, so that would be one. so I think the cost is probably gonna run you about probably 50 bucks for like two drinks mm-hmm. um, but go up there and like take your time
2: worth, yeah. make it make it make
1: worth it, 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 it a whole yeah. thing. yeah the other one I would say is gravelly point. Have you been there yet? No where is that? Oh it's right by National Airport.
2: Oh. It's a park yes. right by national
1: airport and the it, the planes come down and start to land right over you and the first time it happens it really like freaks you out. It does. <laughs> it, it's loud, and they're, like, right over you. But it's so cool. You gotta lay down on a picnic blanket. You know, you're not supposed to bring any kind of beverage that you wouldn't bring to a park, so of I'm course. not saying that. We're not condoning that at all. But, you know, some cheese, some juice of mm-hmm. some kind <laughs> on a blanket.
2: That sounds nice to me. Cheese and juice cheese. date at the
1: airport. <laughs>
2: I love it, Megan. And then you can
1: talk about where you want to travel next. <laughs> love it. I don't have a fact for it. Hmm... Did you know that DCA was named after Ronald Reagan? You probably did. Mm. So there, <laughs> there's If your date doesn't
2: know that, dump him. Right.
1: Like, <laughs> there you good, go. <laughs> that's a good weeding out uh, idea. Yeah. All right, Rosie, thank you for that. Thank you for your preparation on the date. Of course. then and that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We're sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Leave us a review and rate our show if you get the chance and follow us on social media where we're posting every single day and you can become a VIP listener at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night.